beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. My chat with Alistair is one of those ones where the conversation virtually has a life of its own. We are both quite passionate people and I think that comes through nicely in our chat. The only drawback is that in our excitement, we tend to talk over each other. I hope you don't find that too distracting. This was one of those interviews where I felt a nice rush of excitement because I got to know Alistair so much better. He's really a unique and interesting person. I hope you enjoy getting to know him too. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Sit back and enjoy. Alistair, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. Hi there, Freddie. Thank you so much for having me this afternoon. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And I'm, no matter, I'm actually, I'm really quite grateful that you've, that you've invited me. Thank you. Thank you. And this on a Saturday afternoon, you did a race this morning. Um, yes, there was, I've got a company called Bespoke Nutrition and uh, we were just doing a water point. Okay. So, yeah, we had pretty much formulated a recovery drink because it was right towards the end of the race. Yeah, but often Saturday mornings I like getting out and trying to see, letting loose that little bit of competitive, <laughs> <laughs> competitive so side of me. So you're a runner? I run, I surf, I bike, I do all sorts of things. Okay, so you're very, very active? On occasion. <laughs> On you occasion. look like somebody like me that's very active. Um, you look like somebody who, who trains a lot. Put it this way. When I say on occasion, it's obviously with having a, a, a business that's in its infancy at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose actually using that an analogy is actually quite good. If you can imagine that my business squawks <laughs> all day, all night, and needs attention. Your business baby doesn't sleep. <laughs> that's, it's, it's actually a, it's not the worst analogy in the world. So, yeah, I'm just finding that I'm not getting a lot of time to train. So I usually am training on the weekends. Okay. So I would call it maintenance training as opposed to actually having fixed goals. Yes. Like I'm going to do a half Ironman in June or July. What I find very funny is people who don't exercise, let's say, road running. Yes. They don't run a lot, but they're going to do road races. Mm. And that is their form of exercise. And for me, in my head, I've been a competitive hurdler. Yes. So you go and exercise, and then you go and run the race. I'm exactly (laughs) like you. So I could never understand these people who run the races for exercise. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) I'm I'm totally, I have to say, Freddie, I'm totally with you. I mean, the weirdest thing is, is that I ran my first marathon in, I think it was September last year. And Your first ever? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And the thing was, is that I really hadn't done what I considered enough training. Sufficient. So sufficient. Yes. <laughs> for me to feel really confident and comfortable yeah. that I was going to go in and smash it. I didn't do a bad time. And my recovery was, look, when I'd finished, 
my muscles were a bit sore and I was a little stiff the next day but the day afterwards I was running and oh, I ran wow. another half marathon Good pretty much four days later okay. and the weirdest thing was was that I was watching and, and obviously having a look on, on social media a lot of people's comments and people really had a tough race that particular race oh wow like really tough yeah. with people that are not training properly for these races I would think it's just a recipe for injury yeah but also what I've got a friend who would say come run the X with me yes the race and we say but I'm not fit enough she say, no but it's okay we'll, we'll walk gonna, but then I'm not running the race yes. then I'm I've walking I'm totally so if I say to myself I'm going to do a 10k Yes. And if I have to walk, then I didn't do a 10K. Then I did 9K X and the rest I walked. And then I feel as if I failed. I'm totally with you. So I wish I could change that mindset. It's like, whatever, you know, go out If we want to go for a walk, let's go for a stroll along the beach. Let's not go and do it at a race. For the simple reason is that with me, when I'm racing, race means... Run fast. Go out there and, and you, actually go and, and compete. compete yeah. Precisely. Even if it's only with yourself. I mean, I totally get that with yourself. Yeah. One of the big things that I love about race day is, is that sort of half past four, five o'clock in the morning wake up and you've got the little butterflies yeah, in your yes. tummy and you now got to get through um, and, you know, mm. there's everybody else standing at the start and everybody's smiling and there's, you know, there's that, yeah. there's that, I wouldn't quite call it, it's, it's tension. It kind of feels in a way almost like sexual tension, but it's not quite, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's a very anticipatory yes. um, energy. Yes. I love it as well. Yeah. And I love the camaraderie during a race. That's Absolutely. so lovely. I only did two half marathons, mm. but um, as I said earlier, I used to be a, a hurdler in my young days, and that I hated the tension was too much. Yes. I could not deal with it with anxiety about it. I mean, at, at South African championships and stuff like that, I would throw up between the heats and the finals from absolute tension. I looked like shit. It was just... It, and the problem was that mm. I added too much of value to my performance. Right. I didn't do it because I, you I, actually I enjoyed it. Yeah. I did it because... It was expected. Me. What I'm, yeah. Okay. My performance in this race defines me and that Got was it. nonsense Got it. I, I, I wish I had the knowledge I had now then but it's funny yeah I, I mentioned I mentioned to you the other day that I've I'd been involved with life coaching for ages and my life coach is one of her biggest things that she wants to really launch and at some particular point I'd like to get behind it financially um, and make this happen is actually having life coaching for kids from the age of probably nine through to 18 yeah. and actually show people how to deal with these life issues mm. because if we have a look at pretty much and I know it's a bit of a generalization because we've got some people that we know that started doing things a little later on in life yeah. but by and large a lot of the things that need to be unpacked in things mm. are usually from that sort of seven eight nine through to yeah. the sort of 16 age group and the weirdest thing is is they really if i knew back then these particular 
types of skills on how to actually deal with things. Instead of me going off and going and doing A, B, and C, I would have had the tools Absolutely. to actually handle things. Mm. And actually, right? And I look back and I think to myself, goodness, how much more of a, of a almost a productive life, if you could call it that, I possibly could have led Don't if I'd so. actually had those tools. Yeah. No. And, and quite honestly, I, 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 think, I think that should be mandatory in, in every single schooling system. Yeah. It's like the school didn't break me for life. No, it didn't. Frankly, I think not. it was a 12-year waste of time and just making me very anxious about being inferior. <laughs> that, 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 yes. That's what I left it's, with. You know, this is the, and and I'm, I'm so glad that, we, that we're talking about this. I mean, what I said the other evening, which was so different between, let's call it an institution like Western Province Prep and a government school. A government school turns around and goes, we are going to f- take you, which is a nice rounded human form, and we're going to hammer you into a little box yeah. because that's what we've decided this is. Yes. Instead of turning around and going, right, we recognize that you are who you are. How do we stimulate this particular individual into growing into the biggest, bestest and strongest type of person that you possibly can have? And it's chalk and cheese. One is empowering and the other literally sits with inferiority complexes. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm because you don't fit in that hole. As, as but, easy, but how as many that. people actually do? No, hardly ever. Well, the weirdest thing is, is that, I mean, I went to a, a very, very a beautiful high school in also a government school, but they really went out of their way to try and allow for this sort of individuality, oh, if wow. you could call it that. But there was still that... Regime, if you rigidity. Yes. And the weirdest thing is, is that what often happens is, is that you look around at your peers and you go, oh, you know what? He just seems to have, like, totally have it together. Why? Wow, he's in the first team rugby, but he, and he's this, and he's academic. And I was having a conversation with a, with a friend of mine the other day. Oh, seriously. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that our, this particular institution churns out a particular stamp of boy they are very easily discernible and he was saying to me that he is living the white picket fence and that's what he's always wanted to do but when you actually listen to him there was never the picture that you've got of what that person really was going through or how they had actually fitted in is actually totally false Ah. because that particular person also has their own fears their own insecurities their own things and i'm just at the end of the day i think if you can if you can show people some pretty small little life hacks i mean goodness if you if you if you're going in for social studies or if you're going in for any number of some of these other classes right go and spend an hour a week learning how to actually live a productive life absolutely why not i'm so with you on that one you sound as if you've thought about this life thing quite a lot (laughs) what what do you believe in what is it that keeps alistair going um yeah it's a it's a funny sort of it's not a funny it's question. A it's a broad question. It's a broad question. <laughs> yeah, it's a broad question. It's, and it's certainly not funny. So I suppose the, 
the easiest way for me to kind of sort of explain where I'm at and how I got there was to actually just sort of take you through the sort of process. Take, um, take me to the journey. This is, yes. this, is what, this is all about. Okay, cool. I was born into a pretty staunch Seventh-day Adventist uh, okay. family, but I was always taught and encouraged to question. And my biggest mantra or thing in life is question everything. And then re-question it again. That's weird. That that's not that's not garden variety. How old are you now, if I may ask? I'm forty-three. Forty-three. Yeah, that's not really our age, right? That, no. That, that, no. That, so 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 you're in, but far more enlightened in, in that respect than most of your peers, I reckon. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. Well, good for this you. This this. So the weird thing is, is that I come from a long line of English conservatives, but challenge everything okay until you are 100% satisfied with what it is okay and don't let anybody tell you anything different ah okay so god you couldn't have grown up differently <laughs> yes but you know the funny thing is is that is is wet pups is 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 motto and it was one of the reasons that my father wanted me to go to wet pups and he, I'd been enrolled when I was born okay is stand for what you know to be right. Cool. So if you don't know something and you don't know the reasoning behind why you stand for something, then you're on pretty shaky ground. Yeah. So my grandfather was, he was massive on respect. He was a runner-up Golden Gloves boxing champion. Oh, wow. Um, and his whole thing was, Alistair, question it. But... If you've got, and if you've got an opinion on something, be very aware of the fact that we are going to question that. Ah. And <laughs> you need to have researched it, and it needs to be, yes, be sound. informed. Yes. Yeah. You can't just turn around and go, oh, I think uh, Johnny Depp's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Why? Oh, because he looks cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, it's because he's running six different NGOs and this. And, yeah. and, do you know what I mean? Have reasoning for, your, sense, for yeah. your opinions. And they would encourage me to debate. So I've been debating. Funnily enough, um, a friend of my mom's actually turned around to me the other day and she told me something. Apparently I was two or three and I used to stand on um, these old fruit boxes. You know those fruit crates? Yeah. And I used to deliver speeches. <laughs> I'm a woman. So ever since I was a kid, I was very, very, I was very comfortable in in chatting yeah. to adults okay. and interacting with people. So to kind of come back to almost the religious side of things, because I think there's a massive difference between religiousness and spirituality. No. Absolutely. One I think is human perversion, and the other is not. So by the time I was 11, I turned around to my mom and I said to her, I'm not. I'm not coming to church anymore and she wanted to know why and I had a list <laughs> I'd, I'd made my whole argument your argument was set out yes these are the points of hypocrisy yeah. that I've found these are the things that I don't agree with and I don't see how it's logical that if this is what somebody's saying and this is what's happening and this is what you're supposed to be doing it None of it makes sense. Yeah. So, for example, one of my biggest things was 
and unfortunately it's one of the tenets of Christianity, is Jesus died for your sins. And you go, okay, cool. But where anywhere, like anywhere in the whole universe, does it say that one person's sacrifice is going to blot out everything else? Mm. Show me, prove it to me. How? Yeah. So, for example, even at that stage, I had many, many, many sort of really deep kind of questions. Okay. So, so it just did not make sense. It, 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 yeah. it didn't make any logical sense to me like in same. any shape, form or size. So she turned around to me and she said, look, by the time you're 13, you are allowed to choose your thing. You've got to come to church the next two years. And it was weird because I used to go off and go drink and go and get stoned with a friend of mine. So it wasn't really terribly conducive. But by the time that I was 13 or so, I had started looking into Islam. Okay. The reality is, is that there are many, many, many exceptionally good points to this particular um, religion. But there's a heck of a lot that there was just absolutely no ways that I could get my head around yeah. the stuff. And pretty much at about, at about 14... I came across a book by a chap by the name of John Gribben mm -hmm. um, called In Search of Schrodinger's Cat. In Search of what? Schrodinger's Cat. Never heard of it. Okay, so Erwin Schrodinger was a physicist um, and he came up with a particular, let's call it problem. Um, he was very involved with quantum physics and this basically turns around and the experiment is if you've got a 50% chance basically you've got a cat in the box you've got a 50% chance that the if you press this button over here an isotope will be released and the cat will die and or there's a yeah. okay so there's a perfectly even chance yeah. now the thing is is that he turns around and goes until you actually observe it that cat is neither alive nor dead uh-huh we then started looking into quantum physics okay. and I started getting very, very interested in science. Okay. Um, but not sort of normal science, let's call it slightly more abstract science. And this is part and parcel of my spiritual journey. Ah. I then started looking into a number of other sort of fields, particularly dealing with energies and things like that. Literally up until, I suppose I was just kind of coasting around, um, up until I was 32, when I met my life coach, and she introduced me to yoga and Buddhism. Okay. And I'd done a fair bit of, of looking at Buddhism previously, but I hadn't really looked at it with an open mind, if you could call okay, it that. Yeah. And so I, I started spending quite a bit of time. And the thing is, for me, Buddhism makes perfect logical sense. Um, they can break everything down. And so for me, it ticks all my particular boxes. Cool. And then I kind of, a couple of years ago, I started interacting in our communities, if you could call it okay. that. So in our fellowships. And how long ago was that? Goodness, that must be about two and a half years ago. Now. Okay. Yeah. It's that short? Yeah. I'm a newbie, really. It feels much longer than that. No, 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 no. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, about two and a half years ago. And the whole thing was, was looking at this whole high power story. And I 
when I first came in, when I saw all of the all of the GOD stuff, <laughs> uh, yeah. But luckily, somebody had turned around to me very, very quickly. I'm not mentioning any names, but um, I turned around and said, "Listen, it's good orderly direction." Yeah. I had and that, that chat as well. Thank thank God for that. <laughs> yes, right. And then somebody else uh, turned around. Probably, I think it was like a week later, and said. I've taken my higher power as these two uh, magpies that sit on the telephone wall outside oh, wow. or in his, in the tree outside his house and they talk to each other. Sweet. Yeah, and I went suddenly, uh, okay, cool. Right now, and I slowly started to cotton on to ah. the thing. So for me, when I first came in, I needed a model. I needed to understand how this whole thing worked kind of scientifically make yes, sense I, of this yes i needed i needed to right? otherwise there was no ways that i was going to invest yeah. my time and energy into it that must have been difficult not really not no not okay. at all because i'd i because i had so much knowledge so good, yeah but all sorts of bits and pieces yeah. so literally what i did was i just cobbled it, everything together that kind of made sense yeah. so for example this is how i kind of see it is you have everything is energy so you've got lower forms of energy and higher forms of energy yeah and the reality is is that we can only perceive a very 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 small percentage of a small percentage of the spectrum okay for example as as humans as humans okay cool yes um, it's amazing how behind we are in terms of the animal kingdom with, with so many things. <laughs> we, sure. we, we think we're so special. <laughs> we do. But, you know, this is, this, is where, this is where things start becoming quite interesting. When you start having a look at the new physics that is coming out, string theory pretty much kind of bombed towards the middle of the 90s. And in essence, what guys are looking to do is they're looking to met or unite, get a, a general sort of united theory of okay. everything they're trying to marry relativity and and the quantum because the yeah. two don't quite work with each other so there's a particular chap by the name of jack safati and he's come up with some really beautiful maths it's phenomenal stuff but it's so simple has somebody ever told you you're weird yes <laughs> a lot a lot and do you know what the funny thing is, is that i've known it all my life and i've i used to i mean we used to have like T-shirts, we used to make. We used to have our own little T-shirt company. So, for example, I mean, way back in the day, we would have like DEA. We used to have these cool DEA jackets, <laughs> but it really used to look like DEA jackets instead of like drug enforcement yeah. agency, drug experiment agent. <laughs> That's me, baby. Uh, and we used to have T-shirts that used to say "addict" on it. Oh my god! No, really. I was never ever. I was never terribly, terribly shy about my about my issues. At school, were you the rebel or were you the compliant type who did well academically and did well in sport? Or how did you fit in as a teenager in the mold where the government school tried to bash you into? Okay, so the weirdest thing is is that I was all of it. Teachers must have hated you. Teachers hated me and teachers Because you're questioning everything. So you're kind of a rebel. Yet you're doing well and you're doing what must be done. So they no, don't have a reason there wasn't, to hate you. There wasn't, there was, I wasn't doing what was, what was ah. to be done. So the thing was... Because you didn't need to do it. You were no, okay without it. 
Oh, God. Was, no, seriously. I, I, academics wasn't an issue. Um, remember way back in the day, we always always used to turn around and go, oh, just write your name on the paper and hand it in. Yeah. I did that for maths and matric. I got zero. I got between 0 and 19 marks for both exams combined. I handed it in. I was that much of a you kind of oak. So and how the hell did you pass matric? Because I did well in everything you, else. You can see what, what type of person I was, a compliant one. The, the, the shock of my face. How, yeah. could, how could you do that? So, for example, absolute rebel. Absolute rebel. Teachers loved me because they could see potential. Like yeah. Massive potential. But highly frustrated with me. For the simple reason is, is that I just was not interested in anything that you had to say yeah. like at all okay. because i know better than you yeah and the weirdest thing is, is is that in certain things i did but if i look back now and go all of these people were just trying to help and enrich me mm. and all i was and it's funny because after we were chatting the other evening I try to figure out why was it? Why did I why did I do all of those particular things? And it was a defense mechanism because there was just a scared little six year old who had been hurt and mm. was frightened and yeah. didn't want to have that happen to him again. Yeah. So everything else, everything else all stemmed off that little that little thing and it was so it sounds as if the six-year-old built the wall. Oh, the six-year-old built One not more. a wall. He built citadels. <laughs> right? Believe me, I, I, I read oh, wow. military strategy. I know how. And I would keep everybody out. Everybody. It's amazing. It's amazing everybody how, out. how we reacted differently. My six-year-old yes. went the other route. Okay. Just love me. I'll do anything. I'll do you anything want. in my power to be okay for you to love me. Yeah. The complete opposite. Yeah. And it's the same. But, but, but the, the same, same route. All from the same route. Yeah. yeah. But the same route. Yeah. And two totally Amazing. diametrically opposed yeah. kind of <laughs> Freaky. things. Yeah. Freaky. Yeah. Sorry, I guess I interrupted yes, you yes, no. about the school. So back to the energy. The okay. So Safati's theories basically it's been called post quantum theory. Okay. For me, it works. A, it's simple. B, when you start delving down into the actual mathematics, you get the golden ratio. You get the like, all sorts of bits yeah. of things, which indicate to me that if it's embedded in this maths and it's embedded there, and right, mm, yeah. it's starting to resonate, if you could call ah, it that. Yes. So one of his particular things is that the future affects us in the present just exactly the same way as the past affects us. Okay, little bit of something to get your head around, but I can think of one reason. If, if I might yes, throw a theory out there, if I think how we live in fear of what yes. might happen, yes, that influences as much of course it as, as it has happened. Thousand percent correct. Okay, cool. So we're on the same page yeah. here. Right. Then when you have a look at this maths. It shows that every single thing in the universe is all consciousness-based. Yeah. Okay? If there isn't an observer, it doesn't exist. Okay. Physically. Like, physically, this, it isn't there. It is not. It doesn't exist. 
And to take it one step further, the maths shows that there is a supra-universal consciousness. Uh And our whole universe, our whole experience, every single thing that we can see, map, do, whatever, is pretty much an expression of this consciousness. So people have often asked me, what is the closest analogy that you can give to what this is and it's basically a, a consciousness watching virtual reality virtual reality things okay now the funny thing is is that for the life of me just right now i can't remember what the mathematician's name is but you've got a lot of other mathematicians that are brilliant and have come to the same conclusion that literally you are seeing this because this doesn't really exist if you could call it that. So this is stuff you read in your in your spare time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So okay. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm laughing with you, not that. No, 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 no. So if we can if we can turn around and we can and we can accept the fact that there is something bigger. Okay. And we can look at the energy level and if we take the take Briggs's elevator for example where the universe is at the top and space foam is down here at the bottom there is always this ladder or hierarchy of energy structures so whether you like it or not there is a higher power than our mental level or our, our level of consciousness call it that ah okay there has to be it is pure logic. Cool. If you then have a look at old yoga philosophy, for example, you have a series of, let's call it merid- meridians and energy lines yeah. called nadis. And your chakras are pretty much the grossest forms of okay. these. And they, let's call it almost like a, like a neural network where the, all of these um, yeah. things sort of co-join yes and into spots okay. but if you have a look at the diagrams and you actually start looking into the thing they turn around and say that there's about 75,000 of these at different subtler level okay. energy levels so for me I started to have a look at how things were starting to sync right, with different situations and how things were starting to come right when I first came into recovery. And I wanted to understand why this was. When I went back and started to look at this, I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm opening up my energy channels again. Okay. I'm not closed in all the time. As we do the detriments. Precisely. So then one of the other things is made a decision, which was very, very powerful for me. And I turned around and said, how can a thought which in essence a decision is, how can a thought have this kind of impact? Because this is getting quite gross. It's getting very close to the physical, for example. Let's just be quite clear on sort of physicality. So when you have a look at super string theory, basically what they're saying is is that you've got these two strings that vibrate and 
that little energy field in the in the middle is picked up by a Geiger counter as a particle. Okay. Those particles then, and suddenly now you have an atom. And, okay. Okay. Yeah. But the reality is, is that it's just a, it's just a bunch of energy, or it's just a, a small energy field with certain properties. Okay. Let's call it that. Um, so if we have a look at how a decision can actually affect something in this particular realm of physicality. Yeah. You take an experiment that they did at the University of Utrecht um, a little while ago, where what they did was they set up a particle accelerator um, or a photon gun in, in a lead-lined uh, room. Yeah. Uh, basically, it was an old communications bunker from the Cold War. Okay. So totally lead-lined. Nothing can get in, nothing can get yeah. out. And then 500 miles away, they had the test subject in also in a lead-lined room. And what they basically turned on and said is, is that when you shoot a photon, so you've got your gun here and you're pointing it directly there, mm. you have a set of probabilities that the photon is going to hit there. Yeah. But... It's not 100% because sometimes the photon will go straight out the gun, turn right around and shoot backwards. What happens? What they wanted to do in this particular experiment was to test whether somebody's m mind could affect a p this particular yeah. experiment. So the outcome of it. Precisely. Okay. okay. So 500 miles away, two lead-lined rooms. And they write down the thing of, let's call it left, right, whatever it is. And they do it. They look at the results and it's exact. It's 100%. Now the thing is, is that a photon is mappable. It's quantifiable. It is a piece of reality, if you can call it yeah. that. In somebody's mind, 500 miles away... Well, over a thousand clicks away, so actually yeah. let's call it like here to Bloemfontein or whatever yeah. it is, can absolutely affect what that thing is going to do. Hmm. Okay? So then now you start thinking about, okay, hang on a second. If you look at Chinese medicine, um, often what they'll do with acupuncture, this or that, or whatever it is, is that they will release um, energy or whatever it is, and they'll balance it through yeah. those meridians. So if we have a look at and we take that a step further to the yogic philosophy with all of these 90s, you've got blockages, you've got yeah. things, you've got right, all over the place. But when you make a decision to open yourself to this supra-universal energy source and consciousness and allow that to flow through you, suddenly now you're opening up all of those little gates all the yeah. way through all of those energy levels and suddenly that starts to flow yeah that yeah. made perfect sense to me yeah. and i was suddenly went oh, okay cool now i can understand i can make that these... decision yeah i can make <laughs> yeah. that decision now yeah. because i can understand because i was getting quite freaked out because i was doing some i was i was putting some i was putting some pretty big uh, what i considered pretty big hurdles um in front of the higher powers turning yeah. and going hey dude but you need to you need to do this yeah and when i started to try and look at the stats 
on how these unrelated events happened consequentially, but all came together to make this over here. <laughs> you turn around and you go, the stat on that actually happening yeah. is so big that you actually have to turn around and go, okay, fine, got it, yeah. thank you, <laughs> got it, got it. Right? And once I had kind of... So for me, I mean, that's my little model of yeah. how I work things. Awesome. And that's how I could put a framework together and turn around and go, oh, okay, cool, this is very real. This actually does Cool. Work. That's and amazing. Yeah. I had that type of thought, if you can call it that way, when I was first-year varsity, but I didn't understand it at that stage. Or second-year varsity, in psychology, we did developmental psychology. Mm-hmm. So you start with even before conception takes place. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. even a theory that says your personality can be influenced by the motivation your parents had for 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 getting I would, together. I would, I would think that 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 makes yeah, at that stage, right? Yes. That was thirty years ago. Okay. It was yes, exactly thirty years ago. No yeah. more, thirty-two years ago. Yeah. It freaked me out. It was just not an, a possibility mm-hmm. because of I was closed mind. Sure. But um to look at the development of a fetus into a baby. Yes. And that X percentage of the babies that are born are normal. Mm. Physically, mm. the possibility of that happening is so is, infinitesimal. Is, yeah, it, it, it every single yeah. one of those is an absolute miracle because Absolutely. it's stuff that can go wrong. All over it the doesn't. place. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Kind of, wow. All over the place. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's, amazing. It's, it, it look when I when when I think of those kind of things. I mean that that really sort of blows my socks off. You know, I suppose it when I look at all of this and I turn around and go, okay, cool. Oh. And I think I was about 14, no, I think I was 13, 14 when I started really having a look at this particular question. Like, why am I here? What is the point? And the only thing that, and I think I got it about six months after I started really looking into it. And it's the only thing that I've been able to acid test in almost every single situation. And it holds true. Is to learn. That is the only reason that I can give myself for being alive. It's to learn. Yeah. So the reality is, is, is that you asked me a little earlier. My particular thing is, is that every single thing that has happened to me, I mean, I got involved with a whole bunch of things totally randomly. Like totally randomly. <laughs> right? So when I look back, I turn around and go, there was a reason for that. Mm. There's an absolute reason for that. There was a reason that I stuffed up there was a reason that all of this happened because quite frankly it has brought me to a place where i'm open again yeah i'm not the smartest guy in the room i'm not and that i'm really really appreciating at this moment in time is that i i love to learn i mean that's that's what it's all about in the pursuit of knowledge and the pursuit of experience of knowledge so whether it was way back in the day trying to push the envelope on everything (laughs) that we used to do it's exactly the same except that this is positive as opposed to negative but it was still going out and trying to get those experiences because at the end of the day i want to be the best person i can possibly be and that's my motivation for a lot of what i do Cool. Um, previously, my persona that I've, I, 
I called it was Ali Cat. And the person that I'm hopefully growing into is El the Great. Ah. Which is a very different kind of individual, yeah. if you could call it that. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, what do you do to practice your spirituality? You mentioned meditation earlier, you mentioned yoga. Um, do you see exercise as part of that? My whole thing, and I go through stages and phases, so I can never ever turn on and go, this is what it exercise to me, often when I'm on the bike, I'll pop in sort of some really, uh, what I call some badass house. <laughs> and, and 165 beats per minute minimum. <laughs> that's it. Um, but I particularly like that sort of swing electro. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's oh. tail shaking music. Though. Okay. Um, but on the bike, once I've got this kind of going in the background, and let's call it white noise going on, I find that very meditative. Yes. For the last while, I'm having a real problem when I wake up in the mornings um, doing my meditation and stuff. I'm finding every single excuse under the under the sun. It's so, amazing how we find excuses to do the things that we know are good for you. Know it's good for you. Yeah. So, for example, I, I I love doing yoga. I love it, right? But over this last little period, man, I need my cup of coffee first because I'm fast asleep and I really don't feel like doing. Oh, yeah. It's a little chilly this morning. I think I should go and have a shower. <laughs> Yeah, and you think to yourself, hang on a mm. second, come my boy, just get with the plan. Yeah. But so on that side of things, I'm, I'm having a bit of a tussle at okay. the moment. So a bit of a give and take. Yeah, and definitely. Some, some, sometimes, sometimes you, you're really into it, and then sometimes, and then sometimes you just, I'm not. Yeah. Also, the other thing is, is that I think one of the biggest problems that a lot of people have is perfectionism yep. and beating yourself up. Yep. And both of those. Um, I find are incredibly negative. So even though I'm aware that there is this thing and I really should be doing it, yeah. I don't, I don't push it too hard. Okay, cool. So you're you know, okay with it? Yeah, I'm yeah, cool. That's you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? The weirdest thing that, well, not the weirdest thing, but I what I'm finding for me that is really working over the last little bit is to try and be as empathetic ah. as possible. So, for example, if I'm in the traffic in the morning and a taxi pulls in front of me, um, instead of turning around and going, whatever. A fucking uh, asshole. <laughs> okay, let's call a spade a spade, right? This is my podcast. I can yeah. say it if I want. Fair enough. <laughs> what I do is, what, what kind of happened to me a little while ago is I, I started to look into why do these guys do it? Ask the questions. Yeah. Ask the question. And I said, wait, hang on a second. In the morning, this guy has an hour to an hour and maybe 15 or 20 minutes in which he's got to make two trips. Yeah. If he doesn't make two trips, his kids don't eat that night. Yeah. Okay? That's the reality. Now, suddenly when you look at something like that, you suddenly go, hang on a second. Okay, bro, I'll actually let you in. Exactly. Go, 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 go. Yeah. Suddenly, I'm helping you in this. Go. Yeah. Yes. And it costs you nothing. Right? I've let go of 
you know, the yeah. fact that I've actually got to get some. Yes, I'm on the way to work as well. Precisely. <laughs> There's yeah. an, right? L's important, you know. Right? I had a situation like yeah. that on Friday night. Jaco and I had our siblings for dinner. Yes. And I was still busy cooking and he, would, he laid the table. And mm-hmm. he took the white cotton napkins out. Yeah. And he looked at it and said, these are so badly ironed. Look at them. The, the labels are ironed not to be inside, it's on the outside. And he went half ballistic. Yes. And I kind of, do you realize that the person who ironed those things mm. sits on crates yes. in a house, or if you can call that a house? Mm. What does she know about yes. material serviettes? Yes. Nothing. Yes. She just so did So you it. know what? I'm very happy with what she's done. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's that bit of empathy, empathy that, 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 that right? bit Just of understanding of seeing where it comes from. Yeah. yeah. What are my sort of spiritual practices these days? The other thing that I'm really finding that works for me is that whole attitude of gratitude ah, type oh. thing. Right? It's just that as soon as you are grateful for something or you can look at something just slightly differently and turn around and go... Hang on a second. I'm actually grateful that I've eaten this morning. Yeah. I'm in a motor car, which is paid for. Mm. Okay? And I'm going to go somewhere where I've the opportunity of earning money. Yeah. Which is going to do A, B, and C for me. Um, instead of turning on and going, oh, there's traffic, I've got to get a... I need to get a So... It's tiny little things like that. But on the other side of the coin is is spending time in the water, so on the surfing side of things, and ah. not taking it too seriously. Because often, the guys are competitive in the water mm. as well. And if I don't do a big move and a this yeah. and a that, is it the end of the world? Or is my actual goal to go and enjoy myself? Yeah. A friend, of, a friend of mine says that his higher power, his biggest connection mm. with his higher power is when he's sitting on a surfboard behind, at the yes. back of the wave. Absolutely. In that, in Absolutely. that moment. He says Absolutely. that's when he feels so connected. So connected. Absolutely. There's nothing like it. No, I totally agree with He goes virtually, I won't say bonkers, but he gets very off balance if he hasn't been in the water yes. for a few days. It's yes. just really weird for him. Things are just, I need to get yeah. in the water. Yeah, I'm, I'm Amazing. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think water is an amazing, amazing, what can we call it? If it Medium if it, or... Yeah, the, the, the calmness it brings. Yeah. The, I've got a little fountain at the back of the house, not a fountain. Just running water. Yeah. There's little bamboo. And with the, with the water yeah. restrictions, I obviously can't use it yeah. and I looked at it and I'm thinking I can't wait I can't wait to just switch this thing on again I just love to just sound. have that sound yeah. yes. you'll see there's a little bird feeder outside my window oh yes yeah yeah, yeah. and talk about gratitude to yes. just to that the birds are actually coming to to eat here yes of course this is my counselling room yes I think it's lovely to have a bird arriving oh yes and you look out what, what is that and the other day yesterday morning I pushed it into deep and yes. I need to re- realign it because now too, too low, you can't see what bird is eating in the, bird's, in the bird feeder. So yes, I need to lift it up. But I get the gratitude yes. even in the mornings when I walk my cat to listen to the birds. Please tell me you just ah. said I walk my cat. 
I I walk my cat. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm okay. <laughs> the one, the one you met outside. Yes. But this was amazing. This was really, really lovely. Cool. It was you. You gave me so much to think about. Fantastic. I'm definitely not going to research what you said, but what I get from this chat, what I'll never forget, is you can't take science mm-hmm. and make a higher power. Of course, but it's there. But so many scientists don't see it. <laughs> Look, the reality is, is, is that scientists are still just humans, okay? And most people, most people don't like to be challenged. Yeah. They like their comfort zones. Mm. Whereas I've always wanted to challenge things and I've always been encouraged to challenge. So the the core principle of question is that that has stood you in, it it took you to some very, very fucked up places, places. but but, but it's brought you full, full circle up to an amazing Amazing place in your life again. Absolutely. Because that's something you said the other night as well, is that right here, right now, you are possibly in the, you feel as if you're in the best place you've ever been in your life. Absolutely. There's no questions about that. There's no question about that. Not, I mean, we're not talking about like tiny percentage differences here. We are talking about massive. Yeah. Chalk and cheese. Chalk chalk and cheese. Put it this yeah, way. Amazing. Yeah, a crumb of cheese to, to the cliffs of Dover kind of story. You know what I mean? I mean, it's real. I mean, it's, it's fundamentally <laughs> That's different. amazing. Yeah. That is such a nice way to end this. But yeah. thank you so much. This was fascinating. I loved it. Brilliant. And um, I'll let you know when we go live on this. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well, put it cool. this way. If you, ever, if you ever want to actually start to hear about some of the other things that I think about... Ooh. This is this pretty much what we hit this evening. <laughs> we, we have scratched, very, you know, not even scratched the surface. No, this is very surface level. I think I'm afraid to go there. Wow. <laughs> no, not as an afraid, oh. as, in, as in fear, as in in what way am I going to be challenged? <laughs> well, put, <laughs> that, type, that type of fear. Put it this way. The, what I always like looking at is how the coaching and how mental perceptions play the biggest and most important parts of your life mm. and how to actually practically go about changing yeah. it. Because it's Absolutely. so... What people need to realize is, is is that they are responsible for every single decision that they make in their life yes. and they can change mm. their how you've perceived something instantaneously. And I Absolutely. think I think that particular process is one of yeah. the most empowering processes. Oh yeah yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Thank you very much. Thank you, Freddie. Have a lovely, lovely evening, mate. I'm going to do that thing. This was really quite a rush for me. I found Alistair very easy to talk to and enjoyed diving into his multi-layered life and getting to know him a bit better. I wish him all of the best on his exciting new business venture. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash freddy.org.za, or on Twitter at at Freddy. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an I-E at the end. I want to thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.